Hello and welcome to Westover's Leftovers, a weekly podcast following our Advent series, Perfect Christ. Everyone loves Sunday dinner, but what's even better is being able to enjoy leftovers from that dinner throughout the week. On Westover's Leftovers, we'll be talking to our pastors and guest speakers to dive deeper into their sermons and also to learn about their Sunday leftovers, parts that didn't quite make the cut for Sunday sermon, but are still good enough for us to enjoy throughout the week. I'm your host, Kaylin Pierce, and this week I'm joined by Westover's own pastor, Michael Carter, who kicked off week one of our Perfect Christ sermon series with a sermon titled Perfect Hope. Michael Carter, thank you for joining us this week. Thank you. Okay, so to start us off, I wanted to give you an easy question. Um, If any of you have spent any time with Pastor Michael Carter, uh, you know that he loves to read John Owen. Um, I think I counted two John Owen quotes in the first five minutes of your sermon, so yes. along with other references to Paul David Tripp uh, and a few others. So I know there were some quotes that you wanted to use that didn't quite make the cut. Would you like to share any of those with us? Sure. Well, um, I read, I've read uh, The Glory of Christ, which this was, gosh, this was uh, five years ago. And it was, it really changed me. I love that book. It's a slow read, um, but I have recently picked up his book communion with God. And I'm reading it with a couple friends, John and Brett. And, um, and so reading through John Owen, I mean, you're, you're pretty much spilling an entire highlighter through the, through the book. And um, so, yeah, as, as I'm preparing for the sermon and reading that book, I'm just like noticing all this stuff that could go. And um, there was one quote that, may show up later in the series if someone wants to use it, but I just love it. It says, and I'm going to have to paraphrase, but here's the quote. In the point of love itself, free love, eternal love, there is no need of any intercession for that. This is really interesting. So Jesus intercedes at the Father's right hand for us, but he doesn't intercede that the Father loves us. For, and then Owen says, for imminently the Father himself loves you. And then John says, resolve of that, that you may hold communion with him in it and be no more troubled about it. Yea, John Owen says, yea, as your great trouble is about the Father's love, so you can no way more trouble or burden him than by your unkindness and not believing of it. So, yeah, please break that saying, down to us in the message version. <laughs> no, he's saying he's saying um, the fa- if if you are a Christian, you are a Christian because the Father loves you, mm. and so there's nothing that Jesus has to do to sway the Father to love you. He doesn't have to plead with the Father, love them, and he's saying if you don't believe that the Father loves you, it is a great injury mm. to the Father. And I love it because it's like, so I will please the father by believing that he loves me. I have to start there. Um, I love that. I I don't think I really struggled. I don't think that I struggled a lot with the father's love for me until I read stuff like Mm -hmm. this, where I realized his love was so great that I realized, man, I did not believe that the father loved me. Wow. So that was, that was just one. One of many. Yeah. And those two books are great. Glory of Christ is easier to read than communion with God. Communion with God. I mean, you've got to have a dictionary or something nearby because 
very first page, you're having to look stuff up. Words you can pronounce, but you have no idea what they mean. I love that. We will include those two books and any other books that you referenced uh, in your sermon in our show notes below. So you can be able to click and buy those. Um, Great. Right. To add on to that past question, we have already gotten questions from several people wanting to know what books you referenced during your sermon. So what books do you have for us? Sure. So I referenced the John Owen book, uh, Glory of Christ and Communion with God. Those are two, two different books. And I also referenced, um, actually, the whole series is kind of based on a thought from John Piper's Reading the Bible Supernaturally. Mm. It doesn't sound like it would uh, connect, but it does. And it is a great book about beholding and becoming. And then um, Until Unity is a book that my small group has been going through and my my team here at uh, church on staff from Francis Chan. So I uh, referenced that book that meant a lot to me. And I would say lastly, I, I got these books from Paul David Tripp these little 40 days of this 40 days of that. And I, in this pack was 40 days of hope. And after I had already started planning my sermon, I started reading that book and I was like, this thing preaches the whole sermon for me. So uh, it was really easy to, to pull some helpful stuff from uh, 40 days of hope from Paul Tripp. That's great. Thank you. So in your sermon, you talked about how Christ is our future hope, our living hope and our better hope. And Advent itself is meant to be a season of hope and looking towards the birth of Christ. But often we can find ourselves falling into what some people call the Advent ache, which is where you can really struggle to find hope and joy during this happy season. Um, So could you maybe speak to that and maybe the connection between the desire to hope, but the reality that hope can be a real struggle for some people? Sure. Um, I was going to answer it one way as you were talking but uh, it, it just occurred to me to answer it uh, another way that I kind of addressed at the end of the sermon, which was to acknowledge those who are asking that question feel hopeless about this topic. Mm. You know, it's not hopeless about their particular thing, but when somebody is um, kind of in the darkness or maybe they're trying to get some traction but their feet keep slipping. I'm talking metaphorically. Um, to to try to tell them to give them an answer right here is not going to help. Um, however, I think that um, I think that there are times when an individual may be faced in religion and in our community, in the Christian community, faced with this kind of, man, you just got to have faith, or just think, just give it to God, just give it to God. And someone who's really struggling may say, I don't don't even know what that means. Don't know how to give it to God. Um, I think it's what another thing is very real is uh, people who struggle with anxiety and depression. I believe this is something that we're going to be touching on at the beginning of the year in a sermon series. Um, but uh, some people have developed deep mental and emotional ruts that need intervention for them to get mm-hmm. out of, I believe. I'm not speaking from like a Westover stance on this. This is just me, a Christian, 
who um, has thought about this for a while. And uh, I think for some, there have been such environmental repetitive pressures and mental patterns that some people are going to need like um, medical intervention. You know, what I'm saying is some sort of antidepressant or uh, a season where they're taking something to um, bring order to the disorder. Um, we do this in our front yards. We do this in our house. When things spin toward disorder, we must intervene mm -hmm. in order to get things back on track and create new habits. Um, same thing happens if you get a hairline fracture in your in your leg, something that you can't see, but something that's causing you a lot of pain and messing with the way you walk. If you don't intervene, well, then it's going to cause more trouble down the road. And I think um, it's by God's grace that uh, we've discovered ways to intervene in some of those mental and emotional patterns that are disordered. So um, for those who are struggling deeply, I would encourage you to go see a therapist or a counselor. Um, I would I would always encourage you to talk to someone in the church first mm -hmm. uh, because the word of Christ in my brother's heart is stronger than the word of Christ in my own, is what Dietrich Bonhoeffer says in Life Together. So I'd always go to my, my brother or my sister and say, um, this is what I'm struggling with. <laughs> Can you pray with me? Do you have any thoughts or any advice? But I would not close the door to um, godly grace and help um, even medically on that kind of stuff. I don't want to say someone struggling in the holidays, go to a therapist. I'm not saying that. Um, but I am saying that those who have this kind of, you're not, you're not meant to live under this cloud. Yeah. Uh, you may have been told that you need to just pick yourself up and, and fix yourself. But um, I don't think God intended us to live in that broken state. And he would heal us as we look for others to treat us. I heard it put even from our platform a few weeks ago during the uh, Fall Global. One of the doctors who we were interviewing said, we treat and God heals. And I thought that was so helpful. Amen. So oftentimes hope can kind of seem like it's this intangible out there, cross your fingers uh, type of thing. So do you have any advice for us as individuals on how we can make hope a practical everyday thing in our lives? Uh, yeah, actually it's, it is tangible. It is practical. It's just not popular. And um, that is be familiar with what the culture would have mm. you do as it contrasts with what the scripture says to do. So our culture um, customizes everything around the individual and such that you can you can make uh, choices right away and have effect. You know, um, you can impulsively buy something right there in the line or you can. Um, you know, purchase a 2022 prayer journal, download it to your phone or whatever, but you have it right there. Um, but this isn't, this is something that it's kind of grooming the mind such that um, we are, we don't want to wait, but the scriptures filled with that. And that's, uh, there's a lot of times in this, in the Psalms, in the worship, in the lamenting, um, the people who are broken in the old Testament, um, the writers of the New Testament, they're saying, 
wait. I even think about the really popular verse that you see on like all these coffee mugs and in everybody's kitchen, the, um, I know the plans I have for you, plans to prosper you and to give you a hope in the future. Um, that's Jeremiah 29, 11. But that promise is in the context of God telling his people to wait. His people wanted to revolt out of captivity. Um, and and Jeremiah was coming. Jeremiah, gosh, I sound really country right there. Jeremiah, <laughs> he was coming to them saying, no, God has you here for your good. I want you to plant gardens and have families, and I want you to wait. And in 70 years, I'm going to bring you out. Um, there's a the Lamentations that says, um, the Lord is my portion, therefore I will hope in him, or basically I will wait on him. Hope, inherent in hope, is wait. Um, Psalms is filled with it. Wait upon the Lord. Gosh, when Moses, uh, or not Moses, but when the people of Israel were going into the land um, or having battles around them, the Lord would often tell them, wait, and I will drive the enemy out, or I will bring you victory. There's a ton of waiting. That doesn't mean that we're passive. Um, in our waiting, we worship. In our waiting, we love God with all of our being, and we love our neighbor as ourselves. In our waiting, we serve the church, and we serve the needs, and we give. We advance uh, kingdom priorities and kingdom grace all around us as we wait in hope that God's going to fix that thing. I think that's probably the most, that's probably the most unpopular, but the most tangible thing. If, if you quit this job, go to the next, quit that job, go to the next. Or if you're, um, you end that marriage and go to the next and you end that marriage and you go to the next. I mean, uh, anything that you just kind of, you trash this and you go to the next and then you trash it. You never develop yeah. character. That God wants. I think, um, I think it's in a, I think it's a John Owen quote where he says, um, God will never, oh no, it was a, it may be an A.W. Pink, but it says, God will never allow his own lose by uh, choosing him. They may lose in this life, but eternally they are investing in the Lord's name mm -hmm. and the Lord's. Uh, glory. And so God's own, God will never allow his own to lose when they choose him. So that's the only thing I would say, just wait, wait upon the Lord and you wait in prayer, you wait in worship. That's great. All right, Pastor Michael, um, as we start to draw to a close, is there anything else that you'd like to share with us today? Yes, this oddly printed <laughs> Um, critique of Apollinarius, I had to edit this sermon down. To, I wanted to get it in 30 minutes. And so uh, I had a couple of people looking at my sermon and, you know, you just have to cut some things and it hurts. <laughs> <laughs> it was like really hurt to cut some stuff. So I had to paraphrase it, but let me read this. Um, this is just a couple highlights. I said that Gregory of Naziansis, um, gave a not-so-gentle critique of Apollinarius. 
And if you recall from the sermon, Apollinarius was a heretic that believed that Jesus was fully human except for his mind. And um, Gregory was triggered. <laughs> he said, I'm not going to let this guy get away with that. <laughs> Most of us would just sail on with our life, but um, Gregory took action. And let me just read a couple quotes from him in this thing. He says, If anyone does not believe that Holy Mary is the mother of God, he is severed from the Godhead. And he goes on, he says, If any assert that he was made perfect by works, or that after his baptism, or after his resurrection of the dead, he was counted worthy of an adoptive sonship, like those whom the Greeks interpolate as added to the ranks of the gods, let him be anathema, which is basically a curse. Um, he goes on, if any assert that he has now put off his holy flesh and that his Godhead is stripped of the body, and if any deny that he is now with his body and will come again with it, let him not see the glory of his coming. <laughs> which is hilarious. Um I mean, I love it. I love that he's very firm in that. But we don't think about Jesus sitting at the Father's right hand currently in mm -hmm. a body. He is somewhere in the cosmos, somewhere in a human body, in flesh, sitting at the at the Father's right hand. We just think that it's kind of a spirit thing happening. But uh, Gregory here is affirming, no, he is in the flesh and he will return mm -hmm. in the flesh. And if you don't believe that, May you not see his return. And um, it, the last little bit was, for that which he has not assumed, he has not healed. But that which is united to his Godhead is also saved. If only half of Adam fell, then that which Christ assumes and saves may be half also. But if the whole of his nature fell, it must be united to the whole nature of him that was begotten. And so be saved as a whole. Gregory with that mic drop. Uh, yeah, man, Gregory just walked out <laughs> on that one. Okay, Pastor Michael, last question. Because the, the podcast is called Westover's Leftovers, I would love to know what your favorite leftovers are. Great question. <laughs> really important. Um, I was talking about this with some uh, with the communications team a week or two back. And, you know, not everybody likes leftovers. Some of them are repulsed by putting cold food in the microwave and warming it back up. I am not one of those people. In fact, the last several years, I have Instagrammed my leftovers. I love Thanksgiving leftovers. <laughs> um, I love making a sandwich. Well, this has come from Friends. This comes from the show Friends, where uh, Ross, I think, he made uh, a, a sandwich <laughs> with the moist maker, anybody who watches Friends. But... um. Anyway, uh, turkey, stuffing, cranberry sauce, gravy, like a whole Thanksgiving dinner <laughs> in between. You got to toast the bread. If you don't toast the bread, then uh, it's falling apart. But I just, I love putting it all together. And, and every year I, I think, what else do we got in there? What else could I add on this thing? Just to bring some flavors out, you know? All right. Well, since you have plugged your Instagram, where can we find these leftovers at? <laughs> uh, make it sound like that's all I do. I mean, they're not <laughs> impressive, but I mean, go to my Instagram. It's uh, Michael7280. All right. Michael7280. Let's Michael, go. 
7280, send me gifts. That's my birthday. <laughs> Perfect. We got a birthday <laughs> plug. We got an Instagram yeah, plug. Yep, yep. What all do we need? <laughs> yeah, that's it. That's it. All righty. Well, thank you for joining us today, Pastor Michael. And I look forward to hearing more from your Perfect Christ series.